Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Just Blank. Now what? I am your host, Jessica Stevens. Thank you so, so much for tuning in for today's Now What Wednesday. Today's episode is really fun and kind of delicious because my guest, Danuja, is sharing her I Just Booked My First Solo Trip. (laughs) Now what? So she is a lover of travel and decided to go solo on a trip and really opened up this whole world for her, which I absolutely love. And I was thinking back to my own travel experiences, and I've actually never solo traveled for leisure. Obviously, I've done lots of solo travel for business, having to go places for work on my own, or traveling to go meet people, go visit my family, go visit friends. But I've actually never gone on a solo trip where the purpose was to explore somewhere new, by myself. And I was really inspired by the conversation that we had and her sharing her adventures and what she's done and what it's kind of really inspired her to do in terms of, you know, sharing local content and, you know, uncovering really cool gems of like restaurants and places and shopping in all these places that she's been to. If you got the travel bug, and I think so many of us do now after, you know, a couple years of not being able to move as freely as we like, I hope this episode inspires you to book a trip either with friends, but if you want to go solo, even better, and go explore somewhere awesome and new. So buckle up. We are going to go for a little bit of adventure with my amazing guest. She is a lover of local and loves documenting her experiences and everyday adventures as she experiences travel, food, and life. So stay tuned for our awesome episode of I Just Booked My First Solo Trip. Now what? Have you ever had something happen in your life that you just were not expecting, good or bad, and said out loud or to yourself, I just got laid off, or I just got engaged. Maybe I just started a business, or I just bought a house, or maybe I just got my heart broken, or I just quit my soul-sucking job. Now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had a few actually, and each time it happened, in the moment, I felt like the world around me was collapsing and I didn't know what to do. Eventually, of course, I did figure it out, often the hard way, but I figured it out. And it wasn't until I was sharing some of these stories that I realized they were packed full of great lessons of what to do next, how to move forward and answer that gut-wrenching and sometimes paralyzing question, now what? So join me as we share some of life's most challenging stories and their transformational lessons on the I Just Blank, Now What? The podcast. Hello, Thenuja. How's it going? Good, Jessica. How are you? I'm doing well, other than the fact that it is just like torrentially downpour today, but uh, it's okay. Rainy days are still a good days too. Definitely. It's a reminder to slow down and savor and enjoy, uh, you know, the days inside while we can. Um, When we have busy weeks, especially, I feel like I appreciate these kind of days more and just kind of be cozy, you know? Yes, definitely a cozy day today. Well, thanks for joining me on the show. Yeah, I'm so excited to see what it's about and for our talk coming up. Yeah. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about a really fun topic, actually. And it's I just booked my first solo trip 
now what? And when we were talking about you coming on the show and sharing your experience about solo traveling, I had to think and been like, have I actually ever solo traveled? I'm like, I've flown somewhere by myself, but I, I don't think I've actually done a full trip solo. And so I was really excited to have you come on the show and share your experience. So before you get into your story, why don't you just share a little bit about you to everybody so they can feel like, you know, we're all friends. Awesome. So a little bit about me, where should I begin? I'm a huge prominent supporter of local. So that's anything when it comes to shopping local, exploring local, just, you know, being a part of the bigger local picture in in your city, your country, your province, you know, and globally too. So I feel like that's a big movement, especially with COVID. So I'm trying to champion that. And I try to do that with my content creation on Instagram. It all started with me just, you know, trying new things and different things. As a kid, I always was gravitated towards things that were unique and stores that just stood out. For example, like anytime I walked along Young Street or you know, like one of the major roads in the city, I would kind of look at the stores that would grab my attention and not look like your cookie cutter, big box kind of stores, but like that had a unique and quirky look. And then I started realizing like these stores are, are local and they're mom and pop and they're run, you know, by someone with a dream that just wanted to open up the storefront. So it's, it, it's a nice feeling knowing it stemmed from childhood, you know, going into these places and supporting people that way. So basically, that's the gist of me. I love trying new things. I like sharing about them. And people seem to really be receptive towards this and seeing what there is to do in and around town and at a larger scale globally as well. I'm an avid traveler. I love traveling. I hit a goal of uh, going to 30 countries under 30. And now I'm looking for a higher goal of hitting up the continents next. So trying to plan that out um, with the context of COVID, it's a bit tough, but you know, I really want to strive for that goal and keep it going and bring travel as a consistent part of my life. You know? Cool. Yeah. So you did 30 trips or 30 new countries before you turned 30. Yes, exactly. So it was a couple of years before I turned 30, but it was a, a big thing for me because I didn't even realize it when I hit the actual 30th country. I'm like, I, I just want to keep going, you know, and for me, travel, a lot of people look at it as an escape. But for me, travel is just a way to kind of open up my mind and take those perspectives and bring it back home and look at life a little differently or in a new way, uh, especially when you go and see how other people live their lives in, in places they call home and seeing how you can appreciate home more. So for me, that connection was really important and getting that horizon opened up. And that's why it's such a big passion for me as well. Yeah, cool. All right. So let's dig into this story of yours of I just booked my first solo trip. This might not seem like a big thing for most people like, oh, yeah, they travel all the time by themselves. No big deal. So what was big for you about the fact that this was like a solo trip that you were going on? So unpack the story for us. All right. So for me, I've always gravitated towards travel. When I was little, I used to watch, not specifically travel, but even culture. I used to watch the Miss Universe pageants. And I used to be so intrigued by like the different dresses and costumes and outfits that each country had. And then even growing up as a kid, just watching international events like the Olympics, FIFA World Cup, I was just drawn to the different countries that were participating in their their audience and their energy and just mm -hmm. what it was like. And as a kid, surprisingly, I um, 
I didn't grow up in a family that traveled a lot. Like our traveling was very local. It was very traditional. We would typically go to the same places that were familiar to us. And it tended to be across the border in the, in the U.S. So it, it was kind of like a small little segue into it. But I never really grew up in a, in a family that kind of was like travel oriented, but I saw valued travel, right? Exactly. And it came from a lot of things. Actually, um, I had a, a grandfather who was really into traveling, and he gave me his coin collection and money collection of the different places he visited. So I always feel like there's different segues to actually how people get into travel. And it tends to be someone who inspires them. So definitely, my grandfather was one, he kind of instilled that like that learning aspect of different cultures. At a, at a young age. And my dad also was really in the food world. And he, prior to uh, Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats and all these platforms now that offer food from all over the place, he used to be in catering. And I used to get exposed to food from different cultures at a very young age. So that also really developed a passion at a young age to see, okay, this this is so within arm's reach, especially in Toronto, to see where you know food is from. And and like kind of dig deeper and really be drawn to that culture and want to actually go there at some point, you know? So for me, a lot of it came from also being an avid learner and reader and seeing books, images that would be like, hey, one day I might want to jump into this place and see that picture in a in a, in a magazine and actually want to go there and actually do it. So that drive came at a very young age. Awesome. And so how old were you when you did this first solo trip of yours? And so my first solo trip was when I was 24. So my goal actually was to pay off my university debt. And once I did that at 24, I was like, okay, I'm rewarding myself. (laughs) And I came to a point where I was actually in between work contracts and I was thinking, okay, I don't have that much time, but I want to go somewhere. And I want to do something a little different where I'm just going by myself. This drive for independence stemmed from just being raised really conservatively, not really being allowed to be off on my own or, you know, kind of, um, I grew up in a very sheltered lifestyle in my upbringing. And I just wanted to do something for myself. And I wanted to go and see what's out there beyond the typical places I would typically go for vacations. So I just decided to think about a place that drew me as a kid. And it's funny because I wanted to do it safely and I wanted to go to a place that was English speaking. So I thought, where can I go for a short amount of days in between my two contracts for work? And and I thought, okay, what's doable? So I thought of, again, the place that really drew me as a kid. And I grew up watching Full House and I grew up watching a lot of American television. And I was really obsessed with the Golden Gate Bridge and I wanted to walk across it. So That was kind of my motivation to, okay, I have a goal that I want to do on this trip. Let's make it happen. And I was just inspired by the the, the San Francisco houses. So I I thought, okay, let's do San Francisco. So I booked the trip and um, it was simple as that. Like I, I thought about the next step. Okay, I booked this trip now. Where do I stay? And I'm going solo. So how can I, you know, interact with other people? So I was just looking at different websites and looking at things like hostels, I'm not really sure if Airbnb was a thing back then, um, because again, I was 24 at the time. And at that time, I really just wanted to meet people. And I knew hostels were kind of like the place where you can interact with different people. And it was just really refreshing when I actually went there and did the trip, because there was a lot of people like me doing the same thing, 
and traveling solo. And, um, you know, before even getting to San Francisco, my thing that I tend to remember whenever I travel anywhere is my interaction with the border agents and the the people going and and kind of, you know, um, letting you in and out of the country. So it's changed over the years how it gets perceived when a, a young person of color who isn't married, you know, is is traveling solo and for leisure, right? So mm-hmm. that that experience has changed a lot. But uh, when I first went, a, a lot of people thought I was traveling for school. So this was the, the being the first trip, a lot of people thought I was actually a student studying at Berkeley, you know, that was just a, a thing. But San Francisco is also one of those places where there's a, quite a lot of tours and students that that, that go there and yeah. international workers, right? So that was the thing, but it was such a liberating feeling and then ever since then, I just kept going and I just kept doing these solo trips. And a lot of them weren't completely solo, but like they started out that way. And then you end up meeting people, joining group tours. I like to now do very intentional traveling. A lot of the bulk of my traveling earlier on was just discovering places and just going for, you know, just sake of exploration and adventure and just getting out of my comfort zone. So that was a really big deal, that being my first trip and running with it. That's cool. I I love that. So I know you have like lots of passion for travel and your grandfather inspired you and there's things that draw you to different places. Were you at all hesitant or scared about going on this trip solo? Uh, I was a little hesitant with, so the funny thing is, I love traveling. I like being in, in, the, in the place itself, but I'm not a big fan of like airplanes and mode of transportations just because I get motion sickness and I'm a really um, afraid of heights. So that was freaking me out the airplane ride because although I had been on airplanes before, I was with other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd always have someone to distract me or talk to me and, and hold your hand. <laughs> exactly. So but when you're by yourself, you're kind of, you know, just talking with yourself and you're in your head more. So that was initially a bit nerve wracking. But at the same time, it was to San Francisco, which is not that far away in terms of flying hours. So that was yeah that was okay for me. But yeah, that that was really good. And just getting around places, you know, just go like, I don't usually look at my phone and, and look at directions. I usually ask people like I, I'm that type of person that will go up to someone and be like, how do you get to this point to this point? And I remember having that interaction when I was trying out the cable car. I know it's a very tourist thing to do in San Francisco, but I had to do it. And then getting back on the bus and I was talking to the bus driver and she's like, are you alone? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, that's weird. And, you know, I got that that um, initial uh, feedback at first. And then she kind of just started talking to her more. And then she found it very interesting, you know, that, mm-hmm. that the concept at that time of traveling solo was still a little new to a lot of people. Even now, you know, like, it's more, I see it more. And I always get that sensation in me when I see another person traveling solo, it just sparks something in me. Mm -hmm. But the more I see it, the more, you know, it makes me happy that it's becoming something that's part of our culture now. And, and it's not so weird, like a little bit more mainstream. Exactly. It's a little bit more mainstream and more accepted and very good for your personal development. Right. So Oh, I'm sure. So what were some of the big lessons about yourself that you learned by doing this trip on your own? It's funny because as much as I like trying and absorbing and seeing the world on my own and and taking it in without anyone's opinion or, you know, feedback, 
at the end of the day, it is very, it's very much still nice to still be able to socialize with other people and kind of close the day off, you know, like mm -hmm. solo traveling is, is, is great, like to be completely on your own. But at the end of the day, I still feel that we're very much social beings and we need that interaction throughout our day, even if we are technically by ourselves, we're not fully by ourselves. We're, we're still interacting with other humans, but just in a different context. Yeah. So you, you kind of learned like, even though you love being on your own, you actually just did miss kind of having some people around. Exactly. Like it's more of just that human interaction, you know, like yeah. just being able to talk with people throughout the day in, in a different way. Are there any skills that you realize that you were really good at or bad at by having to like solo travel on your own? Like, obviously you're really good at talking to people, right? Like go up to strangers and ask directions, which is terrifying for some people. So that's definitely a skill that you've mastered, but were there any other things that you learned about yourself on the solo trip that you're like, Oh, I did not know about that about me. Cause there's always been someone else to do that. I'm trying to jog my memory about this, but honestly, there's always a way to figure things out. I mean, I, I did this in the age of the internet. So Google's not that far away within reach. Yeah. With solo traveling when, when it's specifically just me kind of planning my day to day, I usually typically have, you know, like a structure, a little structure to it just to figure out what I can do on this day, what I can do on that day, and kind of leaving free time here and there to to leave for a spont spontaneous adventures and whatnot. But sometimes you don't take into consideration that, you know, the weather, the weather could impact what you're doing that day. And that's happened on quite a lot of trips, especially short trips, you know, and just figuring out, okay, what's my detour alternative? So that being like the first trip, it, it was kind of like, okay, going with the flow. When you're a planner, going with the flow is a, is a little uh, nerve wracking. So that was something that, that really, you know, just becoming aware of things like that, that, hey, it's not a bad thing to go with the flow because I believe that happened on my San Francisco trip where um, something was close that I wanted to go see. And then I got redirected to watch at that time, it was the FIFA World Cup. And I believe it was Germany and Argentina that were playing against each other and just watching that like in, in a live audience in another country is a lot of fun and it's definitely made me want to do like subsequent trips where I'm going for experiences like that where you're watching like a live sporting event or a concert and seeing how the energy is in, in different countries like I've I've experienced that in, you know in, in in the east and it's when it comes to things like movies, even movies are treated like live events that people and families look forward to, especially South Asian, like the Bollywood scene, people really look forward to going to the movie. And it's like that energy is, is something that you, you can't duplicate. It's, it's such a different experience altogether. And oh, cool. I think San Francisco made me realize that just walking up into a, a live event like that, it was something I definitely want to do more in, in subsequent trips. Awesome. That's really interesting about movies, because I think here in North America, it's just we take for granted just, hey, let's just go to the movies and it's no big deal. But over there, them treating it kind of like red carpet world premiere every time they go to the movies. That's so much fun. It's a lot of fun. And the, the curtains come down like an opera kind of setting. And it's it's different, I guess, in different places. But it's just it just goes to show you how much you can just, you know, appreciate little things like that. And and how people live their lives a lot differently in different parts of the world, right? So, cool. yeah. All right. So you do this first solo trip, and you know, a handful of days to San Francisco, still on the continents, still in an English-speaking country, but you get to explore and you know 
go out on your own and now you're hooked, right? You're like, I love solo traveling. And so what happens after that? Like, where do you go? What's your next trip? Unpack your love for solo traveling coming out of that first one. So out of the first one, immediately I knew like I wanted to explore this further and see, hey, is this something that I could actually do as, you know, for work? I actually studied um, international development studies in school and, and I thought, you know, maybe nonprofit work would be a good avenue to take if I can do the solo travel thing. The, the whole reason I did that first initial trip was to see if, if can I do this? Am I going yeah. to be paid solo travel? Because a lot of people do try it and it's not for them. And that was a big thing for me to figure that out. And I could do it. And um, my next thing was languages. Let's see how much I can learn languages going to different places. So the, the funny thing is I wanted to explore this nonprofit uh, side of life. And I wanted mm -hmm. to see if it was for me. And I was looking into organizations I could volunteer with. So after that San Francisco trip, my next goal was to try to do a volunteer trip, solo volunteer trip. And I I connected with a U.S. company, Cross Cultural Solutions, and I really wanted to be feeling safe. Like I, I really needed that comfort and I wanted to learn the language. So the next place that was international that really appealed to me, it's funny because I really like ancient civilization and I was always drawn to the ancient civilization in, in South America. And one of the places that grabbed me was Machu Picchu and the Inca civilization. And I... I just kept getting gravitated towards it. Every time I was going out, I was seeking things and it just kept, for some reason, Peru just kept appearing. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? How am I going to feel comfortable doing this? It took a lot. I don't like being in a place where I don't understand what's going on and what people are saying. So I was like, maybe I should try learning Spanish. So I took some beginner, uh, a beginner Spanish course just to get the basics. And for some reason, languages don't stick that well with me, but <laughs> I got enough of the basics to be somewhat comfortable with it. And they were also yeah. going to give us lessons during this volunteer experience. So so I, I was kind of a little reassured with that. And I, I did that just to kind of ease the nerves a bit. And then I went and booked that trip and, and, and went for it. And it was just um, a couple of weeks that I was in Peru. So I did a little bit of sightseeing in Cusco and actually did go to Machu Picchu, which was a whole other like moment in life that it's it's irreplaceable but I was doing the volunteering in Lima and I, I got to exp uh, experience you know teaching a little bit of English and, and doing childcare and seeing if that was also a path for me so that was a definitely a self-exploration kind of trip and it was really cool meeting other people from different parts of like the states as I said it was an American company so it was cool to see that and interact with different people you know in Europe and and just see why they came as well and you know it's just a it's just a different world it opened up a lot of doors in terms of can I see myself doing this as a career path is this something you know that I can continue doing in life and for me I was getting a bit homesick on, on that trip I, I must say that was a turning point for me as much as I do like traveling I do like also having a home base and yeah and you know um I, I really wanted to come back at some point and, and, you know, I missed the English as much as Peru is very much, a, a, you know, people go there a lot for, for the sites and whatnot as well. Mm -hmm. And it was very easy and comfortable to get around, but, and people do speak English, but I did miss home when it went yeah, Just having like a full on conversation with exactly. somebody else and, and getting deep. Cool. So it sounds like solo travel is, kind of you know your a your dna because you know you have family members who have loved it and kind of passed that passion on to you but 
be kind of, you know, helping you find your purpose. Exactly, exactly. And for me, um, I kind of knew from those initial trips that travel was always going to be in my life. Even before the initial solo traveling, I kind of knew travel was going to be my thing because even though my family, they like their traditional trips, I kind of took the reins from them and started planning, okay, we're going to the States, let's go to a different part of the States. And um, just those memories of, you know, planning out like the itinerary for like different days. And this was me as like a teenager, you know, (laughs) just just being like, hey, I kind of want to go to this state like I've seen it on tv it looks pretty cool I want to check out their accent and you know see what what kind what do they eat there what do they do there and how do they you know spend their day and something about driving in the states is very special just because I've done that a lot with with family and just it's nice to just kind of see a new place and a path that you haven't seen before yeah and there's so much of the the U.S. that I still have to see on the other side and I kind of like also having a little bit of keeping those places for future just because I want to be able to explore them. They're very close by, you know, and I'm trying to hit the places where they're a little bit more further away that I wouldn't be able to get to as easily for other reasons, maybe when I'm older. So that was always my, my strategy as well. When traveling, I try to go to the faraway places if I can, while I can. <laughs> Love it. So you were kind of like the designated travel planner in your household. <laughs> Exactly. And even me asking for directions, like my family was always open to that too. We used, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but we used the traditional pearly maps to kind of get around. And now those things are like special to me because they're physical. Uh, You know, you, you don't use your GPS or your apps and, and whatnot. You pull over and you just, you know, talk to someone locally yeah, I remember um, driving to Florida with my family when I was younger, like we would do that road trip because my grandparents lived there and literally having like a map flip book in the car and like the route highlighted with like a pink highlighter. And that's like the route to take. Whereas now it's like punch in the address and hit start and then away you go. Right. So yeah, no, those, those map books definitely bring back lots of memories. And it's special too, right? Because, you know, it's just a personal piece that you can keep and kind of refer to. My mom used to make personalized covers of our, our map books. So that was kind of a little special touch that she added. Awesome. All right. So list off some of the other cool places you went to after Peru. So Peru was just a little after my first solo trip. I tend to go to um, London a lot as a connecting spot. But after Peru, I started looking at, okay, let's do some group travel and and see like, you know, what it would be like to travel with other people you don't know and and for a consistent period of time. And that was also very eye-opening. So I did a lot of that in Europe. Mind you, I, I, I was doing this while also holding full-time jobs throughout my 20s, right? So part of it had to do with a lot of us travel for different reasons. Some people are okay with traveling and being in debt, and some people are, are not. And I missed out on one thing that I really want to do that's still possible is to travel to learn in a, in a different country. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for courses or, you know, working and whatnot. So that's something that's still, you know, within arm's reach that I can pursue. And that was something that I, I really wanted to do. So I was kind of so trying to build these trips to work myself up towards that and see how comfortable I am interacting with people I don't know and, you know, finding my way around a, a town and stuff. And I felt Europe very easy, the different countries in Europe to kind of get around and navigate 
too, because they have wonderful transit systems over there. And each country- And they're so close together, right? Like Exactly. You can easily get around from point A to B and just seeing the characteristics of, even though they're so close together, it's also very different and very unique, like each country and their history, their food, their culture, and seeing how it evolved over time. So that was a big draw for me. And for some reason, it was very easy to adjust back to the time difference. That's another big thing. As much as I love traveling, the time difference and the flights, I just they jet lag. Oh yeah, that, that adjustment period is is hard when you're working because you don't really have as much like time, time you know, to to make those adjustments. But uh, I, I met a lot of people that were doing gap years, and the more I was doing these trips, I realized the more gap years was also being accepted like to be unemployed for a year and, you know, just traveling the world. It's, it's common and it's, it's more widely accepted in other cultures than it is sometimes in, in, in others. So I, I, I like the idea that it was becoming more of a thing that people were doing. And it was refreshing to see that people were taking time out of their lives to do this, you know? Um, cool. So other than London, which was kind of like your gateway to the rest of Europe, where in Europe have you hit? What, what's on the list? So I have hit Spain, Portugal, Italy, Austria, Hungary, Poland, Switzerland, France, the Netherlands, Iceland, Greece, and a teeny bit of Turkey. But Turkey is kind of considered a part of, it's Eurasia, right? So it's it's kind of, it used to be former Greece, the part of Turkey that I did uh, go to. So so that's basically the gist of, I think, the country. Oh, Ireland as well. Totally forgot about Ireland. Ireland was fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. So have you ever gone back? Like, have you gone gone to a place and you're like, oh, I didn't get enough time here. I want to go back. London kind of, as, as I said, it's, it's a connector for me. So I tend to go back to London. Um, mm-hmm. But for me personally, I'm not at that point yet where I'm ready to go back a lot to uh, the same country because there's so many so many I, new ones. Yeah. I want to see first and then make that call. But there's definitely places I will return to. And quite a handful of them are in Europe, potentially all of them. As <laughs> as these trips that I'm doing to Europe, they're they're short as well. They're they're time sensitive, and you're getting a glimpse and a taste of these places, right? So you're not fully seeing all there is to, that you can see, but you're seeing the bits and pieces to make you want to grab you and draw you back. So, so how how long would an average solo trip for you be? An average, like I would say at least seven days, okay. like between four to seven days. It, it depends. Sometimes I group, I, I find group tours that will do two or three countries together. Okay. And, or, or I think when it gets to four or five, it gets a bit too much because you can only do so much in those set days, right? Europe's mm-hmm. very close together, so it is possible, but you want to spend a good a know, decent amount of time yeah place to fully see the the full day and night cycles yeah what have been some of your favorite tour companies to use for these trips because there's so many out there so I, I have to say g adventures they do a lot of sustainable local you know um they they incorporate that those concepts a lot in in their tours and when i did these trips um with g adventures what stuck with me is those sustainable and you know local experiences they're done by the people in the countries the businesses in the countries you know it supports that you can see that it's going directly to that community and helping that community out so I'll give an example I did a G Adventures trip to India and Nepal and 
that was like a, a trip that I would never get if I if I traveled with family or you know friends and and whatnot from the background because it would have been a whole other experience. Mind you, I still want to do that kind of trip if if someone gets married or you know that's yeah. a, that's a fun experience on its own. But the way I did it with G Adventures, I actually went with a backpacker backpack. It was more of a com- not not a comfort trip, but like more of a casual budget. Kind of trip, so I got to experience the train systems. I got to experience walking across India to Nepal through a land border. You know these little things that I I probably if I was traveling with family or friends, it would be more comfort oriented. Yeah, and I really got to challenge myself. Like going to India and Nepal is like a is a one eighty from living the North American lifestyle. It's it's very different. It's culturally different, environmentally different. So many aspects that that you know you kind of have to really, really be comfortable with yourself and these kind of situations that are so foreign and new. Yeah. And, and mentally prepare yourself for exactly. the big differences that you're going to have. Exactly. And honestly, seeing it that way was so like humbling, just with a backpack, you know, getting around and, and not needing as much as you would think you would need when you're traveling. You know, it was a very eye opening experience. Yes, you must be a master packer at this point. Yes. Well, <laughs> I find that as the years go by, the less I take, but I still have a little bit of the inner hoarder in me that likes to pack as much as I can into it. And it also become like, it depends on the year, but sometimes I'll have years where I'm such a messy packer and I just go, you know, take whatever I need when I can. It really depends on what's happening in life at that time. Yeah. How busy you are at work right before you leave, right? Exactly. So it, it could be that as well that determines the packing style. I know a lot of people, myself included, love obviously to go and experience new countries and cultures and they they bring back a souvenir. So, you know, not necessarily like the very touristy souvenirs, but something kind of cool. So when I travel, I love to buy like a piece of jewelry or clothing from that country so that it's something that's like functional that I can wear. Do you have like a thing that you gather from all the different countries that you've been to? It's very similar. So the same thing I do here, I try to do as I'm traveling and that's supporting local, local yeah. artists. So uh, I love going into markets. Markets are huge when, when it comes to like my kind of traveling. I love exploring the local businesses in these markets. And, and again, you're getting one of a kind things you wouldn't normally get. So I try to take things I've learned over time, what, what tends to work and what doesn't. So I love ceramics. I really do. They, mm-hmm. I get drawn to them, but I've had experiences where they have, you know, broker they have not survived the trip home not at all not at all but I like taking back a piece of art so whether that's jewelry whether that's you know fabrics home decor anything that that's made by a local artist I love bringing that back home yeah me too um yeah fashion is easy because it's really easy to like fold up in your suitcase and whenever you get to wear it you're like oh um and jewelry so for me, I have this necklace, this this dragonfly pendant, and I actually bought it when I did a group tour to Spain in my 20s, and I bought it in this tiny little you know shop in Valencia, and I got to say, it's like my number one most complimented piece of jewelry, and everyone asks me about it, and whenever I tell them like, oh, I, I got it in Spain, you just see like, they're like, oh, and then the look of disappointment that it's something that they can't get. So that's something that I love about like finding unique pieces in other countries. So that's awesome. It's very special. You know, it's, you can kind of tell that it's almost like a sacred thing to yourself where, you know, you're investing in something that's an art, you know, everyone looks at the world very differently. And 
it's their expression in, in a piece that's physical. So I, I love that, that you can take that with you. Yeah, cool. Carry it on. All right. So I always love to ask this question of now what? what? Like, obviously, we're in COVID right now. And so travel is seriously restricted. But what's your travel plans for the future as soon as those borders open up? Well, the other thing that, um, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I really still like I, I I was a former passport officer and I think about jobs that I really did enjoy in hindsight and that was definitely one of them just because I got to talk about what I loved with people and even though it, it's it's a bit more um, you know a job that does have a routine to it in, in, in some sense it still made that tie with travel and, and I do know that I, I want to incorporate that in my life so I am working, you know, to keep travel as part of a potential career path still to keep that mm-hmm. tie there, but more on a part-time basis, you know, and eventually maybe start a business oriented around travel or be an entrepreneur as I'm already incorporating it in my content as a content creator. I, I feel like it's always going to be there in, in some form or aspect. So even making products that are, that are around travel, I think that's always going to be something that I'm going to strive and work towards as a creator. Uh, So that's definitely going to be there going on. But one aspect that I'm trying to also incorporate with travel is I recently got a yoga certification. A lot of my trips going forward are going to be um, yoga inspired. Yeah. And yoga inspired. So I'm really looking forward to that as they're going to have a little bit more intention to them. And part of my goal is to do one of these wellness trips at least once a year and, Mm -hmm. you know, build a community around that. So I'm looking forward to venturing off in that direction and aspect. Awesome. Well, if you're looking for a partner, let me know. I totally come with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's dig in. You mentioned something about you being a content creator. So let's, let's unpack some of that for people. What is that for you? Talk to us about this amazing platform and a handle that you've created about adventure and and supporting local. Yeah. So this kind of evol- is evolving. It's an ever, ever evolving outlet for create- creativity. And Instagram is like a great platform. That's the original platform that people kind of use to, you know, show their photos and, and glimpse in little snippets of their life and what they're doing. And prior to that, I was actually not on social media. I was completely off the map for, I want to say, five, six years. And I was still going out there and supporting and doing things. And I kept getting a lot of whispers from people telling me, hey, you, you take amazing photos, you need a platform and people should see what there is to do. And, you know, you, you'd be really great to kind of inform people and, and, you know, tell them what's out there. And so I started um, doing that and I realized, hey, I, I really love food. I love taking pictures of food. And I think about, you know, like there was a lot of hesitancy at first because I didn't want to get so into being on my phone all the time and just being attached to this thing that would kept absorbing a lot of my energy and attention. But it also became on the flip side, a positive thing where, Hey, I had something creative that I can kind of just, you know, think about and, and, and show how I perceive the world. And mind you, initially, I didn't even think of it as a, as a, a content creating kind of thing. I think this is a very new, still not so new, but like something that's growing exponentially mm-hmm. right now in terms of the internet. But I initially started my page just to have a platform to post photos. And I, I love photography, but um, I don't like carrying things around so much. So I, I became first a point and shooter. And I think about as a, 
a young person, you know, it was, it was something that I did a lot in school. I was in the year committee as a photographer and I totally forgot about that in, in my early 20s and in mid and late 20s. I was like, where did that go? And COVID <laughs> kind of, you know, opened up that passion again and made me pick up the camera. And I, I love taking photos on my phone just because it's easy and I can carry it everywhere. But then I, I want to go deeper with it and, you know, actually study the art of it again and and go back to those early days when I was doing that in, in high school and and very early on in life where I had more time to kind of learn the, the details and specs of photography. So that's something that I'm venturing off into now. But like I said, because it's so easy to use your phone, most of my photos became very point and shoot oriented and mm-hmm. and content creation is driven by that. So I, I started, you know, posting places that really appeal to people because it wasn't your typical burger joints or or pizza places, they had always an ethnic component because I like to see how, you know, pizza's made in a different culture. So for example, you know, pie, it's so big now, but like back then, you know, the concept, the context of Turkish pizza, like there wasn't really, unless you visually see it, it's hard to explain what that is to someone yeah. who hasn't had that before. And would they be open? What, what are the ingredients in it, you know, and having, you know, a reference to a place that I experienced and posting it, like people found it useful. So things like that I started building that and that's kind of how the content creation is evolving and I always wanted to show other aspects as much as I love going out to eat there's also so many things you can explore locally in terms of staying active maintaining your well-being and just doing creative things and, and and you know exploring around the city awesome I love it so where can people follow you and see these amazing photos of the food and local experiences Totally. So my handle is called experience this next. And I do have primarily most of my content on Instagram, but I am exploring the world of TikTok and also have a website. So that's where you will be able to find me primarily. Excellent. All right. Well, this was such an adventure hearing all of these cool stories about you and how that first solo travel experience kind of like birth this passion of yours to do more and do good and give back and experience all these cool things. For somebody who's considering going on a solo trip, what, you know, three or four pieces of guidance would you share with them to make sure it's a successful experience? Think about a place that that really, you know, you want to go to in your lifetime, at least. If you, you have your health, if you have the funds, if you have the time, just think about those three things and just do it. That's, I I would just say, don't even think at all, just do it, just book the trip. Because you never know, time is very sensitive. It's very fragile. And if you see from the last year or so, how much lives can change in, in an instant, that would be my piece of advice. And once you do it, you come back with a greater appreciation for your heritage, where you're from, where you were born, where your family's from, you just look at things differently. So if you're willing to, you know, take that leap, just do it. Awesome. And then do you travel with other people? Like, have you now gone on like a family trip? And, you know, what's that experience like in comparison to solo travel? It's definitely also going back out of my comfort zone, because when you solo travel, you get very comfortable with yourself in your space and having your way. And it's yeah. also really good to also be able to go for different reasons, like for family events or friends getting married or, you know, milestone kind of adventures or just 
different reasons. It's 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 good to travel with friends, and it's good to see how you will be with different personality types. And maybe you'll go to a place that you didn't initially pick. For example, if someone's getting married in a place, and and you'll know you know if that place is for you or not. And and there's not always going to be a time where you're going to like what you're doing on a trip or or who you're with or you know and and finding how you navigate through that experience and handle the situations right so these are always good learning opportunities yeah I'm still open to doing all types of travel that's the one thing that solo travel definitely taught me is there's so many different ways that you can experience travel and you know solo traveling was just the the gateway to that Cool. Yes. And you know, there is that it's not a myth. It's probably truth. In fact, like if you can travel with somebody and still, you know, like each other at the end of the trip, you know, like that is your person. Exactly. <laughs> cool. All right. Anything else you want to share with us before we wrap up this cool adventure? Just please try to support local as much as possible. And if you're thinking about making that solo trip, go ahead and do it. You won't regret it. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for joining me on the show. If you guys loved this, be sure to share it with a friend who might be thinking about doing a solo trip or if you're doing it, just go and book it. You won't regret it. It's going to be so awesome. So that's it from us. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do how to move forward and help you answer, now what? See you on the next episode.